Over the next 48 hours, we are going to be participating in the coronation ceremony of the Rabbanu Shalom, being Mamlech HaKadosh Baruch Hu. As we say, Imru Express that I am your Melech, so that I will be able to be a Melech for you. But the truth is, this is a very confusing time. There's many confusing themes that occur simultaneously over Rosh Hashanah. Obviously, the Ikar Hayom, the main focus of the day, is coronating the Rabbanu Shalom as king. And yet, at the same time, we're told, Sifrei Chaim and Sifrei Mesim are Psuchim Lefanov. Our fates are being determined for the year. Everything we will receive, everything we won't receive. Sickness, health, wealth, and Chas Shalom poverty. And further, we're told that while it's not exactly a Zman of Tshuva, this is the beginning of the Aserisimei Tshuva. And so we have many themes that are converging at once. Malchius, some expression of Tshuva, and our fates are being determined for the year. How do we reconcile all of these divergent themes and create one unified definition for what Rosh Hashanah really is? We know that Rosh Hashanah is our anniversary of our relationship with the Rabbanu Shalom. We say, Hayom Haras Olam, this is the day the world was created. But actually that's not exactly correct, because Rosh Hashanah, as we know, is on the sixth day of creation, on the day that HaKadosh Baruch Hu created man. This is our anniversary with the Rabbanu Shalom. And yet we say, Hayom Haras Olam, this is the day the world was created. What is the pshad in that? Interestingly, and perhaps purposefully, it's also the relationship or the anniversary of the relationship between man and women. This is the time that we first got married. So it's a day of anniversaries. And we need to understand in a deep manner what exactly is the nature of an anniversary. We know that the world is made up of three things. Olam, Shana, Venefesh. Space, time, and humanity. We're very used to thinking about it that the world is made up of time and space, and humanity populates the world. The problem with such an approach is that it leaves us as guests in the world. And so our interaction with the world is one of, we populate the world, we're intruders in the world, we pollute the world, we're guests in the world, we're conquerors of the world. But we tend not to think of humanity as a part of the world. And the truth is that that's not correct. We are actually part of the fabric of the physical creation of the universe. In 2006, a woman named Rhonda Byrne wrote a book called The Secret. It was based on an earlier film. The book was featured twice on the Oprah Winfrey Show, and to date has sold more than 21 million copies worldwide, has been translated into 46 languages. It was on the New York Times bestseller list for 146 consecutive weeks. And according to Forbes in a 2009 report, between the book and the movie has grossed over $300 million in sales. And the episode of the secret, the foundational principle of this book, is based on the law of attraction. And this claims that positive thinking can create life-changing results. How does it work? It works as follows. The author claims that as we think and feel, we're putting out a frequency into the universe. And that frequency attracts back the feelings that we put out. So for example, 
A person who puts out feelings of love, a feeling of happiness, feelings of gratitude, they will receive in return that same set of events and circumstances. So if I think, chas v'shalom, angry thoughts or hurt feelings, then the events that I will attract back into my life will cause me to have more anger. On the converse, if I would think positively, then I'll attract positive events and circumstances into my life. And the, the book goes on to talk about how you can increase your wealth and your happiness and even your health simply by changing the way you think and feel. Now, I'm not here to take a stand on whether or not the book is correct or incorrect, but one thing is for sure. We know that positive thinking, that people who see the world in a positive way, tend to have more positive lives. The book calls for a three-step process. The process is ask, believe, and receive. If you want to attract positivity in your life, then the secret says, first, you have to ask for it. You have to put that out into the world, put those vibes into the world. You have to believe that your positive thinking will have an impact in the world and prepare yourself to receive in turn the events that come back your way. Interestingly, something we've known in Yadus for a long time, the two tools that The Secret highlights as very important to this process of bringing positivity into your life are visualization and gratitude. Now, this book was a revolution. It was a revolution in thought, but frankly, it's something that we in Kal Yisrael have known for a long time. We knew that man was not simply a visitor in this world, but that he was part of the fabric of creation. And therefore, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu created us, it was the culmination of the creational process. For the first five days, the Rabbanu Shlalom created time and space. And then on the sixth day, he put in the final component. And that component was man's consciousness. And man, through his consciousness, through his expression of gratitude and visualization, which we know as tefillah, he's able to have a physical and tangible impact in the world. Scientifically, we know that human consciousness actually affects the world around us. Simply by observing light, the particles of light will change. Because we are not guests in creation. We are partners with the Rabbanu Shalom in creation. And it was not a physically complete reality until we were created. Because we invest energy into the Bria with our positive thoughts, with our prayers, with the way that we interact with other people, with the things that we do technologically, scientifically, and all the advancements that we make, we impact the world. We are partners with the Rabbanu Shalom in creation. And therefore, when we say, Hayom HaRasalam, this is the day that the world was created. It's true. The first five days were a part of the process of creation. But the world was not created until we partnered with HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the creation of the world. When we talk about our anniversary with the Rabbanu Shalom, we're talking about the anniversary, we're celebrating the anniversary on the day that HaKadosh Baruch Hu created us, and said, be my partner. Help me rectify this creation. Help me build for myself, the Rabbanu Shalom says. You build for me. Help, let's build it together. A mishkan, a dira betachtonim, a place that will reveal my godliness. And I'd like to suggest, based on this principle, that when Yosef HaTzadik was in the house of Potiphar, and he was literally on the verge of, of being nichshal bachet, 
and he was about to fall prey to that sin. You know that Chazal said he looked in the window and he saw an image of his father Yaakov Avinu. It was this imagery, this visualization, that when Yosef HaTzadik saw it, he said, I can't sin. And many have already explained that Yaakov Avinu, based on the Gemara, we know that Yaakov Avinu, he looked like other Marishon. So what was it that Yosef saw? What was the consciousness that took over Yosef, that he was able to stop himself from sinning? It was the consciousness of other Marishon. And what was the story of other Marishon? Other Marishon ate from the Eitz Hadas. HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, this tree is off limits, and other Marishon ate from that tree. And as a result of eating one fig, or one esrog, depending on which sheet do you go with, the entire story of history was changed. The entire story of history was changed because of one action of man. This created a spiral that started with the words Ayeka. Where are we? That's the story of creation. We went from being present to being lost. This was the beginning of therapy for the world. Ayeka, where are we? What's going on in the world today? Yosef HaTzadik saw the image of Adam Arishon and he remembered. Man is not a visitor in this world. Man is a part of creation. And every single action has cosmic significance. And it was that that gave him the ability to pull himself out from such a difficult situation where for so much time Eshes Potiphar was hounding him and hounding him and hounding him to do this particular Avera. Until Yosef was able to say, I won't do this Avera. I won't do it because my actions are meaningful. The beginning of sin is the time when we forget how important we are to creation. Yosef realized, I have an opportunity to change the world in a positive or a negative way. And this is why, as soon as Yosef HaTzadik realized that, as soon as he realized that he was the access point between Shamayim Va'aretz, Vayetze HaChutzah, he went outside. He no longer saw himself in that narrow, confined way. He was a different person. He was living in a different space. The space was no longer a space of Mitzrayim. He was in a constricted space, but he wasn't. Physically, he was in a Mitzrayim, with all of Mitzrayim's forces, telling him who he can't be. But Yosef HaTzadik found this space inside of himself, where he knew that he is the access point between Shammai and Varetz, and he was living in an entirely different reality. The reality of Adam Arishon, as the Gemara says, is that he spanned the entire world. When he would lie down, he covered the entire world, and when he stood up, his feet were planted firmly on the ground and his head was all the way in Shemayim. The nature of Adam Arishon is he is much bigger than this world. He's not confined to the finite spaces of this world. And that's what it means. Yosef, in his, and we're going to see that this is the Yisod of Yosef. Yosef recognized, I have the Kayach of Adam Arishon inside of me. When we ask ourselves, what does our relationship look like with the Rebbe Shalom? So many of us have lost sight, and I myself am included in this, where we look to the Rebbe Shalom in a very childish way as somebody who just fulfills our needs. And what type of relationship is that? That's a sick relationship. If a child, Chas has a relationship with his parents where he has no gratitude towards his parents, he doesn't recognize the fact that he would not be here were it not for his parents, and all he does is ask them for more money and more things that's not much of a relationship to speak with. 
And on the other side, if we look at the Rebbeinu Shalom as somebody that has all the power, and we are totally reliant on Him, and we can't get anything for ourselves, that's also a sick relationship. Authentic Yiddishkeit does not reduce the Rebbeinu Shalom to the provider of our needs. That's an unbalanced relationship. Really, the way that we're supposed to see our relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu is that we are a partner with Him in creation. He created us, we're Meshubah to Him, and He does provide for our needs. But the Rebbeinu Shalom is not standing over us like some sick person and saying, do my will or I will crush you. That's not what the relationship is about. The Rebbeinu Shalom is asking us to be in a healthy, balanced relationship with Him. How does a person come towards such a relationship? So the Gemara in Sanhedrin on Kuf Gimel talks about Yeravim ben Nevat. And what's the story of Yeravim ben Nevat? We know that the, the Melech was Rechavim, who was the son of Shlomo, who said that he would raise taxes, which would increase pressure on the people. And Yeravim ben Nevat, he led this coup against Malchus based David, which was Rechavim, and he split off and this was known as Malchus Yisrael. And there was a time when there were two kingdoms in Klal Yisrael. There was Malchus Yisrael and Malchus based David. And the ten tribes of the northern kingdom, they split off and they coronated Yeravim as king. Two tribes stayed with Rechavim, who was, as we know, that was Malchus based David. Now who was Yeravim ben Avat? Yeravim was the god Ladar. Chazal say that all the Tamidei Chachamim in his presence were like the grass of the field. And the Pasuk says, After these events, what events are we talking about? So the Chazal say that after Yeravim became corrupted, after he was a Chauteu Machni, as the Mishnah Novus calls him, because he put up idols and he resurrected idolatry in Kla Yisrael, he didn't repent, even though he was a Torah giant. And Chazal tell us an amazing thing, they did a mar and nevuah, and Hakadosh Baruch Hu came to him and he made a deal with him, and he said, "If you will do tshuva, Ani ve'ata ve'ben Yishai will take a stroll through Gan Eden. Ani ve'ata ve'ben Yishai. If you'll if you'll do tshuva right now, the Rebbeinu Shalom says, all will be forgiven. You and I and Ben Yishai will take a walk through Gan Eden together." And Yeravam asked, "Mi baraysh." But who will be the leader? And the Kaddish Baruch Hu says, Ben Yishai will be the Rosh. And Yeravim says, if Ben Yishai is going to be the Rosh, then I'm not interested in doing tshuva. And the obvious question is, how is it possible? How is it possible to have a Mara Nevuah like that, where you're talking to the Rebbeinu Shalom, and the Rebbeinu Shalom is telling you, if you do tshuva, Ani of Ben Yishai will be Heilach and Ganeidan together. How is it possible not to do tshuva? And furthermore, the Arizal asks another question. What is Yeravim asking me, Barosh? Look at the words, Ani, meaning the Rebbe Nishlam, Ve'ata, and you, Ve'ben Yishai. So who comes first? Yeravim or Ben Yishai? Yeravim comes first. So what is Yeravim asking? He's told, Ani, Ve'ata, Ve'ben Yishai. Mi Barosh, you will, you will be Barosh. What is he asking? And it, Especially it's difficult given that the Rabbani Shalom answers him that Ben Yishai comes first. If Ben Yishai comes first, if Ben Yishai is Barosh, then it sort of said, Ani ve Yishai ve'ata. So what's going on over here? And the Arizal says something unbelievable. He says, This machlaikas, 
between Yeravam and Rechavam was an old Machlaikas. Because we know that Rechavam was from Malchus based David. He comes from Shevet Yehuda. Yeravam came from, and Yeravam came from Ephraim, which is Yosef HaTzadik. Yehuda was the king of the Shvatim. He was from Leah. Yosef was also a Melech. He was Melech in Mitzrayim. He came from Rachel. Yehuda is the one that sets the whole stage. He's the one that sets the drama in motion. He's the one that sells Yosef down to Mitzrayim. And that story that culminates in Vayigash, Yehuda, and Yosef declaring, Ani Yosef ha'ed avichai. And in that very half Torah, listen to the words of the Navi Yecheskel. The Navi Yecheskel says that he, has an, he had a vision. And in that vision he received two sticks. On one stick he writes the word Yehuda. And on the other he writes Ephraim. And he talks about the time when both sticks will be brought together and turned into one stick. And what is this whole Mara Nevoah about? This Mara Nevoah is talking about the Machlaikas between Yosef and Yehuda. The Machlaikas between Rechavim and Yeravim. Because there's a concept of Malchus Es Yosef and there's a concept of Malchus of Yehuda. And it plays itself out throughout history. And that's why we have two Mashiachs. Mashiach ben Yosef and Mashiach ben David. But ultimately it culminates with Mashiach ben David. Ben Yishai is Barash. And the Navi says that the truth is that the two of them need to work together. So let us try to understand what is this fight really about? What was going on between the Shvatim and Yosef, between Yehuda and Yosef? Because all of Jewish history really revolves around this conflict. And there's two dynamics when it comes to Malchus. One is called Yosef and one is called Yehuda. First, let us understand Malchus of Yosef. Yosef means to increase to enhance, to recognize your own mitzvahs, to recognize your own identity, self-growth, self-actualization. The Rebbeinu Shalom loves you for you. And the role of Malchus Beis Yosef is to look inside of yourself and to recognize that you have a spark of the Rebbeinu Shalom inside of you. Achelek eloka mimau. And the Rebbeinu Shalom recognizes that about your identity and he's hopelessly and unconditionally in love with you as a father is to his son. And that dignity, that majesty of the Chelek Elokami Mal that's inside of you, it's pure and innocent and it can never be corrupted. As the Alter Rebbe says in Tanya, the highest level of tshuva is, the, is that you think there's something wrong with you and that's why you need to do tshuva. The only thing that's wrong with you is that you think you need to do tshuva. A person has to recognize that they are not defined by their actions. That was a ruach shtus. You had a crazy thought that came into your head. For some reason your consciousness shifted out and you were insane. You actually for a moment thought that you were just this finite human being. When in truth you are an infinite piece of God. And denigrating you looking at you and not recognizing the power of your soul, not recognizing that you're a partner in creation, that is the single greatest crime that a person could commit. And that's why we see that Yosef HaTzadik, all throughout history, he dresses up nicely and he has a Ksenas Pasim. Yaakov Avinu gives him the coat and he doesn't give it to the other Shvatim. He's 
elevating himself. He's recognizing the majesty of himself. And that's why Yosef HaTzadik also gets involved in combing his hair. He's appreciating his own depth, his own shefa. That's what hair is about. Hair is a power that grows from you. And Yosef HaTzadik appreciates that hair. He recognizes that the true self needs to be treated like royalty. That's the aside of Yosef. Godless ha'adam. And then there's the aside of Yehuda. Yehuda means to confess from a lashon of Haida, to thank, to surrender, to be mevatel yourself to something that's bigger than you, to live in a transcendent way. Because a relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu transcends the human experience. And therefore the only way to connect to it is to surrender your identity. I have to conform to the Rabbani Shalom and not vice versa. I am made B'Tselem Elohim. He is not made in my image. To find the truth, I am willing to go beyond myself. And Yehuda is the antidote to the narcissism of today's generation. Today, because we have no sense of self, everything must serve me. It's because I don't love myself, because I haven't tapped into the Yosef HaTzadik, that I have no ability to live in a Yehuda type of way. And that's why so many people, despite their strong desire to really serve their Rebbe with truth, and to really do that which their Rebbe wants, they don't find themselves the ability to, to do what the Rebbe wants. They don't find themselves with the ability to live in that relationship. Because in order to be in a relationship, there needs to be a healthy eye. There needs to be a healthy recognition of who we are. Because otherwise, who would be in a relationship with me? There's nothing here for you to be in a relationship with. And this is the reason that so many marriages are falling apart. And this is the reason so many children and parents are... It's such a tragedy. They mamish tearing away at each other. It's because all of them are clawing for a little bit more identity because they've not found that Yosef HaTzadik inside of themselves. And Yosef must proceed. Yosef must come first. And that's why Yehuda must bow down to Yosef in Mitzrayim. Because Yosef has to be recognized as the Melech first. You can't get to a Yehuda without first cultivating the art of Yosef. If a child is raised without knowing how incredibly pure he is, then he's always learning that he has to meet a certain standard. Otherwise, he'll never be enough. And there are Yidin that are serving their Rebbe Shalom, and they're doing everything their Rebbe Shalom wants, and they look like they're being mevatel themselves. It looks like they're in a healthy relationship with their Rebbe Shalom. But these people are serving the Rebbe Shalom Nebuch, out of such a dangerous place that if I don't meet the Rebbe Shalom standards, then I'm a nothing. And really it's vice versa. It's because you're a something that you have the ability to serve the Rebbe Shalom. And so many people can't actually love God because they hate themselves. And if you come to a place of self where you appreciate who you really are and you appreciate the purity of the Chelek Elukami Mal that's within you, then naturally you're in a relationship with Hashem. It's a natural relationship. It's not something you have to do. It's something that you naturally have. The whole Tanya was based on this idea. It was based on the Pasuk. He writes in the Dafashar, he writes the whole Torah, this whole Torah that I'm about to teach you, the whole of Tanya, is based on this one Pasuk. Ki elecha hadavar The Rebbe Shalom's relationship with us is very near to us. 
It's not something that we have to achieve. It's natural to us. Every single mitzvah is another way of accessing that relationship with the Rebbe Shalom. That's why Chazal say that in the end of days there will be no mitzvahs. Mitzvahs will be bottled. Why? Because we're going to recognize it's not really a commandment. It's an organic part of who we are. It's such a difficult thing. Today, people talk about mitzvahs like, I have to do a mitzvah, I have to do a mitzvah. Of course, mitzvahs need to be done. But a mitzvah doesn't emanate from a place of doing. That's where it, that's where it finishes. But the mitzvah has to come from an organic place inside of yourself. The Raghu Chavar says that there's a difference between the word Yaakov and Yisrael. Yaakov is referring to the individual, Yaakov Avinu. But whenever the Torah says Yisrael, that's referring to the nation, the nation of Klal Yisrael. Yisrael loved Yosef more than any of the other brothers. As a nation, the concept of Yosef, the development of the identity of the soul, is the most beloved. It must come first. That's why Yosef HaTzadik says to his father, Hineni. Hineni doesn't mean I am present. Hineni means I am here. There's an I. There's something that you can attach to. Hineni, it's a very deep word. But without Yehuda, Yosef can go too far. Not Yosef HaTzadik. I'm talking about the concept of Yosef. Without a Yehuda, once you have an I, then you need to take that I. You need to recognize, since that I is a chelak elokami mal mamish, it needs to take that next step and attach itself to the Rebbe Nishalom. And this is where Yeravam made a mistake. Yeravam from Shevet Ephraim understood, as the Gadol Hadar, he understood, I have, to, I have to fight against this Malchus-based David concept. Because we're Yosef at Tzadik. And you can't raise taxes and, 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 and raise yourself above the people. No, there's Malchus Yisrael. And this is what he was fighting for. Yisrael, Malchus Yisrael, Yisrael is, 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 beloved, is, is most beloved is Yosef. And so he was fighting. And the truth is that he made a mistake. Because Yosef needs to lead to Yehuda. The enhancement of yourself is only there ultimately to be mevatel yourself. Otherwise it's just self-worship. And this was the mistake that Yeravah made. Yeravah was told by the Rebbein Shalom, and Yeravim wanted to know, Mi Barosh, where does this all lead? I know I'm going to be first, but Mi Barosh, what's the goal? Is the goal Yosef HaTzadik, or is the goal Yehuda? And the Rebbein Shalom said, the goal is Yehuda. And Yeravim said, that's intolerable. For that, I cannot come back. Because the goal, Yeravim said, needs to be the grandeur of the self, because the self is a chilek alukami mal mamish. And the Rabbanu Shalom said back to him, It's true, the grandeur of the self is very important, but it needs to culminate in ben Yishai. It needs to culminate in a relationship. And a relationship is about being mevatel yourself to another, surrendering, creating that space within yourself to allow another in. And that's the aside of David HaMelech. Perhaps that's the deeper meaning of the word ani, the Rebbein Shalom is giving him the formula. First there's a Rebbein Shalom. When you appreciate that there's a Rebbein Shalom, now you understand what an Atta is. You are a Chelek Elokami Mal Mamish. And then ultimately there's a Ben Yishai. That's the order. Ani, the Rebbein Shalom, Atta. Now you understand what you are, the Ben Yishai. Now you're able to be Mavatal yourself to create a relationship with the Rebbein Shalom. And that's what Yeravim couldn't hear. 
And that's why Dafka, the Greeks, wanted Klal Yisrael to ride on the horn of Ashur that they don't have a chilek in HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Why Dafka in the horn of Ashur? Because Yosef HaTzadik is called Ashur. He's called a bull. And the Greeks worshipped beauty. They worshipped their body. But that's the destruction of Yosef. That's not the idea of Yosef. That's self-love in the most disgusting, narcissistic way. That's where self-love becomes selfishness. It's aggressive. It has no limits. I'm the center of the universe. That's Greek. And the truth is the exact opposite. The Yosef HaTzadik is the Karen Ashar. He's what leads us to Elokei Yisrael. And that's why the deeper wisdom teaches us that the word Ani is the same letters as the word Ayin. And that's the true Ayin, is the nothingness of the Rebbe That we recognize our own Ani is the Ayin of the Rebbe Now we begin to enter into the world of self. And this is why the brothers didn't recognize Yosef as the Melech in Mitzrayim. They misunderstood him. Yosef, they said, that can't be it, that can't be Malucha. The brothers didn't understand that. Yehuda taught them that Malucha is the Yosef of Bittel. It's the Yosef of Les Lemi Garmi Klum. How could the Yosef of the Ego be the Yosef of Malchus? It wasn't just his beard. Obviously the beard represents something deeper, as we said, the hair, the power. And he was recognizing, Yosef HaTzadik recognized the power of his own Shefa. And that the brothers couldn't understand. How is that malucha? And the Teretz says that it is a malucha. Ultimately, you have to recognize the self before you can be mevatel yourself. But if it doesn't culminate in the, the bittel of Ben Yishai, then what was the whole purpose? Just like a musician loses himself to the music, or an artist loses himself while they're painting, so too a Yid has to be able to have such a great, healthy sense of self that he's able to lose himself to the Rebbe them. And this is why Yosef HaTzadik, it doesn't matter where he is. Yosef HaTzadik could even find himself in jail because he's already Vayetze Achutza. You could put him in the most restrictive situation in the world. You could put him in jail, you could put him in Mitzrayim, it doesn't matter. You could put him in jail for 22 years, it doesn't matter. Yosef HaTzadik, he's not there, he's Vayetze Achutza. He's living in a world inside of himself, that access point between Shammai and Va'aretz. And I want to tell you, Chevra, that even the Goyim know this. My wife told me after I told her this vart that Stephen Covey in Seven Habits of Highly Effective People literally makes the same exact point. That Yosef HaTzadik, it doesn't matter where he is. You imagine even a guy knows this. Yosef HaTzadik, it doesn't matter where he is. He could be in jail, but he'll rise to the top. He could be in the house of Potiphar. You know, you know what Mitzrayim was? Mitzrayim was a disgusting place. He could be in the house of Potiphar and he could still raise himself up to the top. Why? Because Yosef HaTzadik is not living in the space you put him in. The space he lives with is inside of himself. And that's why ultimately Yosef HaTzadik saw that he had to bring the brothers down to Mitzrayim and he had to get them to the place where they recognized the Yosef HaTzadik. They had to go through this whole process of being mevatel themselves to Yosef because you must recognize that Godless HaAdam is the beginning. And it wasn't a rebellion against Yehuda when Yosef HaTzadik said and came and said, you have to bow down to me. It wasn't a rebellion against Yehuda. It was a part of the process. And Rabbi Yisai, that is the process of Rosh Hashanah. The process of being Mamlech the Rebbeinu Shalom, it starts with us. It starts with our consciousness. We were given the ability to be partners in creation in the world. We are the access point between Shammai and Varetz. We, with our consciousness, can literally and physically change the world around us. We can attract positive things into our lives. And we have the ability, through keeping negative thoughts outside of ourselves, 
to keep negativity out of our lives. This is why we celebrate Rosh Hashanah at the culmination of creation, with our birth. And this is the aside of this Rosh Hashanah, guys. The purpose of Klal Yisrael is to rectify this world. And that is a very serious job. It's a job that requires tremendous joy, tremendous simcha, tremendous passion. Not chas v'sham We have to recognize that we have a very serious job. The job is to be in a relationship with the Rebbein Shalom. We are not guests in the world. What we do makes a difference. We impact the world. We want this world to be a godly world. That's what we're here for. This is the whole tachlis. So we need to be able to make a Kabbalah on ourselves. And this is the beginning of tshuva. This is the beginning of the Aser tshuva. We need to be able to say the following. Whatever we've been doing until now, we need to take it more seriously. It doesn't mean we need to feel guilty. It doesn't mean we need to feel frightened. As we've mentioned, those are illnesses of the soul. But we need to take our mitzvahs more seriously. Whatever we haven't been doing, we need to start doing. And whatever we've been doing wrong, we need to express the godliness of that which we've been doing wrong. We need to rectify that which we've been doing wrong. That's what it means to take our jobs seriously in this world. Like in any relationship. When we evaluate the relationship and we say, how is it going so far? We're partners in creation. Let's look at creation. Well, we've done positive things. We've certainly brought some positivity into the world. Let's keep going with that. Let's make it even better. We've, we've negated certain things. We, we've been derelict in certain responsibilities. This year we're going to say, I can and I will do better. And there were certain things that we made mistakes on. And we're not going to beat ourselves up over those things, but we are going to regret them because we can and we will do better. And regret is very different than guilt. It's much healthier than guilt. Guilt paralyzes a person. Regret motivates a person. And this is why we have an element of tshuva and we have an element of malucha because when we blow the shofar, we are coronating the Rebbeinu Shalom as king with our consciousness, with our reality, recognizing how important we are. Because we're a shtik Rebbeinu Shalom, we are calling out to the Rebbeinu Shalom and we're saying, be our melech, lead us. This is the purpose of what we're here. We only feel fulfilled when we are connected to you. And we have to coronate him. He can't just coronate himself because that's a dictatorship. And we're not in a dictatorship. We're in a relationship. This year, we have to remember our mission. And therefore, when we remember our mission, the Rebbe Shalom says, I'm going to give you the tools. I'm going to give you the tools to fulfill that mission. And that's why Sifrei Chaim and Sifrei Mesim are psuchim lefanov. This war, this this year, the books are open. We, with our consciousness, will create what we get and what we don't get. By tapping into the most godly part of ourselves, we can be partners in the creation and therefore we can increase wealth, we can increase health and happiness by attaching ourselves to the Rabbanu Shalom. It's that Yosef HaTzadik culminating in that Yehuda, recognizing that I am the access point between Shammai and Ve'aretz. I am the chosen nation. And at the same time, I surrender myself to the Rebbeinu Shalom. And in this way, I've done tshuva. I've returned to the original state of creation, to the Adam Arishon state of creation, where my feet are planted firmly in this earth, but my head is in Shamayim. 
In this way, I've Sifrei Chaim and Sifrei Mesim are Psuchim Lefanov, and I'm choosing Chaim. Yes, Uvacharta Bechaim. We have the ability to choose which life we want, and ultimately to culminate in Yehuda, to blow that shayfer of the relationship of just like Hakadosh Baruch Hu created a space for us, and that's how we came into being. So too, we inside of ourselves will be mavatil ourselves and create a space for the Rebbeinu Shlom, bringing those two sticks of Ephraim and Yehuda together, the Yeravam and the Rechavam, this will be the Tikkun, this is the Tikkun of Mashiach. Mashiach ben Yosef leads to Mashiach ben David, to a rectified Alam Haba, this year, Bekarov, Bekarov Mamish, this is the year that Mashiach should come, that we should be able to finally have a healthy sense of self, to recognize the power of humanity, to recognize that we are here on a mission, and that mission is to bring the Rebbe Shalom into this world. To be mamlech the Rebbe Nishalom. Aksiv aksiv matayva a good gebenched yar.